It's got a soul, this hero farm. It falls asleep inside my arms. We walk the fields under the stars. For love is here in Goldshaw Farms. Welcome to Goldshaw Farm. I'm your host, Morgan Gold. On each episode of our podcast, we bring you stories of people who are homesteading, farming, and just plain old chasing their dreams. And today's episode is going to be a little bit different because the story I'm going to bring you today is our story, the story of Goldshaw Farm. You know, oftentimes I get emails and messages from people requesting guests. And frequently, the most requested guest always seems to be us, whether it's me and Allison or just me alone, and, and people wanting to hear our story specifically. You know, oftentimes we're dedicating our whole YouTube channel to documenting our story and our path to trying to build a farm here in Vermont. And, and I've tried to keep the, the podcast separate from that and just let the podcast be my roving conversations with various people uh, that I have as I'm trying to learn and figure out my own way here. Um, and and I, I was really trying to avoid doing an episode like this, but after getting enough feedback from you guys, and I feel like it's really important to listen to that feedback from you guys, I said, fine, let me sit down and tell you a story. And, and you see, today is actually an important day to be telling you that story because today, uh, the day that I'm recording this, which just so happens to be one day before I'll be releasing this podcast, it's the three-year anniversary of when we bought our farm. Um, so it was July 2016 when we purchased our farm here in Peachum, Vermont. It's a roughly 160-acre property um, nestled in northern Vermont in the northeast kingdom of Vermont, about 50 miles south of the border of Canada. Um, it's a beautiful, picturesque place, but it was kind of a roundabout, twisting, turning path to get here. You see... My wife, Allison, and I, we always expected to be urbanites. We always expected to spend our lives living in cities. You know, when we met, uh, I was living in the city of Hartford, uh, Hartford, Connecticut, and many will argue it's not really a city, but, but trust me, as a guy who's spent, you know, many years living there, it's definitely an urban environment. And, and when my wife and I, we got engaged, my wife was actually getting ready to go to grad school, and, and she was going to go to grad school down in uh, Tulane in New Orleans. And she basically said this to me. She said, look, I love you. I want to spend the rest of your life. Of, I want to spend the rest of my life with you. But I refuse to come back and spend my life living in Hartford, Connecticut. I thought she was crazy uh, at the time. But looking back on it, it makes a ton of sense. Hartford is a very, very sad city. And uh, yeah, it's not a place to live your life. Uh, no offense to all my friends in Hartford. I still think it's an awesome place. But I get what Allison was going for there. So we made this agreement that she was going to go off to grad school in, in New Orleans as, during the length of our engagement, and I was going to be responsible for finding a job in one of five cities that she knew she would have decent employment prospects. Those cities were, I believe, New York, Boston, Washington, D.C., I think Atlanta, and I think like uh, Chicago, I think. Um, and so it was going to be one of those five cities. And she went off, she left Hartford. I was alone in Hartford for a little bit, but it wasn't too long before I ended up finding a job in New York City. And so I moved down there 
Allison finished grad school. She moved up to New York. We got married. It was awesome. We were living in New York, loving life, living in Brooklyn, and it was great. A few years later, uh, we both got these job opportunities in Washington, D.C., and so we picked up stakes and moved down to D.C., and after a little while in D.C., we absolutely despised that place. Whatever it was about the city and whatever it was about the political climate, whatever it was about us, a whole host of things, we just knew it wasn't the place for us. And while we were down there, though, we somehow nurtured and fostered our dreams of one day opening our own farm and having our own farm and and probably retiring to a farm. And we had this dream of maybe like having a place that we would go on like the weekends and we could escape and get away from our life in, in D.C. or in any other city that we might be living in. And we could treat it as home base and build it and make it this great sanctuary and retreat for our lives. Well, what happened from there was we started looking and looking and you know, there were a number of factors that were driving our thinking for the type of place we wanted to find. We wanted to find a place that, um, you know, kind of reflected a lot of our values. We wanted to find a place that wasn't too far from our families in southern New England. We wanted to find a place where land was relatively cheap. And ultimately, that ended up getting us to the state of Vermont. And we came to this conclusion that Vermont would be, you know, just close enough to our family that we would uh, not you know, have great difficulty going to see them, but it was also just far enough away from our family so it could give us a little distance and, and give us our own space. And so we, we started looking in Vermont for a farm. The process of looking for that farm was actually, it started off very quickly. Uh, one of my best friends, childhood best friends, but like one of my best friends since I was like eight years old, his, his father owned a farm in Vermont, out in uh, actually Orwell, Vermont. Uh, which if, if you are familiar with Vermont geography is like the complete other side of the state. It's probably about a two and a half hour drive from our farm here in Peachum. And anyway, he had this farm and I always remember going up and visiting as a kid and it just seemed like the coolest place ever. It had this old barn that, you know, we used to go hang out in and just these rolling hills. And I just had these years of going up and spending and having great weekends up there with friends. And it's just this awesome place. And when I had this vision of having a farm of my own, it was kind of like this farm that my friend's dad had. And so that was like the start of, of the dream for me. And it just so happened right down the road from my friend's father and his farm was another farm that was owned by these two sisters. And they were both in like their late 90s at the time. And it was this kind of cool, large, expansive property I loved it. The house needed a ton of work and it was in rough shape, but I, I thought it would be very cool. And I was excited about it. And I started to explore the possibility of trying to make an offer and find out a way to buy the farm. And on top of that, Allison had never seen the farm. And so I decided to recruit her and bring her up for the weekend and show her what it was like and show her how cool this this. Um, house was and wow wouldn't it be so great that we'd be right down the road from some friends and this would this would just be the perfect setup isn't it great isn't it great and so I took Allison up there this one weekend she looked at the house and she was horrified 
She thought it was like something, it looked like a haunted mansion. She hated the fact that it just looked like it needed so much work. She hated sort of the, the land profile of where we were at in Orwell. She didn't like certain setups and architectural features. There's just everything about it was the exact opposite of what she dreamed of when she thought of what she wanted in this farm. And so for me, that was, was kind of a, a bummer. It was a real blow. Here I had been, you know, dreaming of buying this farm for probably a couple of months. I'd been making plans, talking to lawyers, figuring out ways to structure the deal, figuring out how to make it all come together. And just based on her reaction, I just was like, nope, I can't pull the trigger on this. Uh, you know, I know it's that cliche, right, of uh, happy wife, happy life. And I'm not sure if that's exactly true. But I do know that the, the idea that miserable wife leads to a miserable life is 100% true. And, and, and so it got me to say, okay, this farm that I've been dreaming about just isn't going to be it. It's just not going to be the right place. So we took a little step back and took a little bit of a pause and sort of our rush to try to find a farm. And while we did that, we were continuing to do lots and lots of, of internet research, you know, doing that little experiment on Zillow or any other real estate website where you like draw the circle around it and say, I want properties with more than 50 acres and it's got to be less than this amount of money. And you have all this search criteria that you sort of obsessively punch into various zip codes and areas and parts of, of where you're looking whenever you're on that property hunt. I'm sure you guys who are out there dreaming of property right now are often doing some of the very same things. And, and for me, it was like this crazy, creepy obsession. Well, somehow, with all my search criteria that I've been punching in, um, I never found this one property that while Allison one day was looking, she stumbled upon. And it was this very cute farmhouse. It was in a little place not too far from Montpelier. Uh, Montpelier, Vermont is the capital of our state. It's actually the smallest state capital, I think, in America. It's the, I know it's the only state capital in America that doesn't have McDonald's. I think the population of, of Montpelier is like, I don't know, 6,000, 8,000, something ridiculous like that. It's, it's single digit thousands. Like, uh, and, and so it's a tiny little place, but it's the state capital. So it's got a lot of, you know, more urban features to it, which for Allison, she wanted to have something that was a little closer that she could go and experience on a regular basis. And so this, this farm had lots of land, beautiful land, this beautiful house with this amazing wraparound porch, and this giant, big, expansive barn. And so Allison found this link, and I remember she emailed it to me. And the moment I clicked on it, I was like, good golly, this is exactly what I've been dreaming of. That right there is the farm. And it just so happened I had actually um, arranged a trip to go up to Vermont to visit some friends that next weekend. And so um, I, I called the realtor. Uh, that was listed on the property listing and said, hey, I, I saw this property. I'm really interested. I'm going to be up there this weekend. Can I go see it? And she kind of hemmed and hawed and said, well, you know, there's sort of like it's like an under contract, but, you know, it's been on the market for about six years now. Um, but if you're really interested in it, you can definitely take a look at it. Um, you know, uh, if you're going to be up in town, that'd, that'd be great. I can also maybe show you a few other farm properties that we have that are similar to it. And, and I said, okay, sure. And I ended up, um, that weekend showing up here at the farm. She and the other realtor took me around 
and man, it was awesome. I fell in love with this place. The, for the porch looked exactly like it did in the pictures. The, the architectural details of the house looked exactly the way that they looked elsewhere. It was, it was all that I dreamed of. It was, it was an amazing property. Wandering the pasture, wandering the woods on this property was just like so stunning to me. It was such the dream. It was like so much better than that other property I had been looking at and so much more of what I had been dreaming of. And I was like, God, God, I got to get this. This, this is the place. This is going to be our farm. And so, you know, I told the, the, the realtor, yeah, this is great. Um, you know what? My wife and I, we're going to come back up next weekend and I'm going to show it to her and we're probably going to try to make an offer soon thereafter. We were like ready to go. And then the realtor, she, she was like, okay, if that's what you're going to do, that, that sounds fine. Um, I'll look forward to hearing from you. But she was kind of vague when I was asking things like, oh, are there other, other offers on the table? You know, you hinted that it might be going under contract. What's the situation? And she was just kind of dodgy about it, but I didn't quite understand why. Well, next weekend, Allison and I both head up here. We take a look at the property, and Allison is absolutely in love with it too. She loves the wraparound porch. She loves the barn. She loves the property. She loves this like little shack that was off to the side of the property as an outbuilding that she had dreams of, you know, making like her little retreat of some sort, like everything about it. She was on board too. And it like, it took two minutes. We had looked at actually several other properties while she was up here in, in Vermont and, and, you know, hated it. She hated every single other farm that we looked at, but this one she was just in love with. So after our trip and we get back to D.C., we, we you know, take a, a, a night, we sit down to dinner and we say, yep, let's do it. We're going to make an offer on this place. And so we put together the offer, contact the realtor and say, all right, we're ready to go. Let's do this. We want to make the offer. And the realtor says, um, OK, I guess I can. I, let's take a look at it. And, you know, we made, showed her the offer. She said, OK, I'll share it with the seller. Let's let's go. Um, she shared, shared it with the seller and like the next day basically contacted us and said, yep, the sellers have, have agreed and they are willing to sell you the property. Let's, you know, get moving and we can get it under contract and set a closing date and, and go from there. So I was, I was ecstatic, you know, I mean, it was this dream property. We really liked it. It had everything we'd been looking for and, and we were ready to go. And, and so what happened was, um, you know, we had set a closing date about three weeks out, you know, because we weren't buying this with any loans. We were doing it with our savings and, and essentially making it an all cash offer. It was like one of those things that was a very straightforward real, real estate transaction because it was an ancient house and they had done a lot of inspections and disclosures. We didn't have like any inspection contingency. We were just buying it outright from there. So it was really a straightforward thing. And there was this other situation that Allison and I had that it would be a whole nother story to tell you that um, required us, though, to go out of the country uh, the day of the closing date. But um, or actually, I should say the day after the closing date. And so we, you know, make all the arrangements with our attorney. Everything's going to get set. We pre-sign all the paperwork. It's all ready to go. And as I'm in the airport about to leave the country, um, to hop on a flight, like basically we had flown from uh, D.C. to Puerto Rico and then we we're flying from Puerto Rico to this other country that we were going to. Um, and and basically I got this voicemail from our realtor saying, hey, give me a call. Uh, we need to talk. 
And then I got another voicemail from our lawyer saying, hey, give me a call. We need to talk. And I'm just like, oh, crud, what's this all about? And so I call both of them and kind of find out this interesting quirk in the story. So apparently when the sellers had sold us the property by some interpretations, and and I mean some interpretations meaning like uh, some lawyers, um, they were technically still under contract with a couple of other people. This couple who was actually out in San Francisco and they were in the process of driving across the country to buy the place. But I, I, and I don't still to this day, don't know exactly the, the details of the transaction, but the sellers were disputing and saying, nope, nope, you were out of contract. We're now in with contract with these people and we're ready to go. And uh, it was kind of this weird, quirky thing, right? Well, <laughs> as we find out over the next couple of weeks, it was very much in dispute who was in contract and who wasn't. And the, you know, we got uh, letters from the, the people who were selling, or I'm sorry, we got letters from the people who were buying the property. We got letters from their lawyers saying, you know, you better stop trying to buy this property or we might sue you and you're interfering with the transaction and yada, 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 all of this stuff. The sellers were still saying, no, 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 we want to sell to you guys. We were like, good golly, what's going on here? I mean, like here we were hours from being ready to close and this whole situation broke out. And so I kind of didn't know what to do. <laughs> and, and so we just basically kind of just sat tight and wrote it out. And eventually, over a span of a couple of weeks, the, um, the original buyers and the sellers had worked out some sort of deal that, you know, again, I'm still to this day not privy to. But they worked out a deal. The uh, original buyers kind of pulled out any claim that they had on the property and we were able to, to kind of work out a new closing date. And I ended up going up to Vermont to actually manage the closing and deal with it and just make sure everything was locked down. And, and so that's what we did. And so three years ago to this day, we closed on the property. That property is this farm. That big wraparound porch is our porch. The big spooky barn is actually where I'm sitting and recording this podcast for you guys right now at this moment. And it's been kind of an awesome journey to get here. Um, it wasn't easy to find this place, and there was some roundabout stuff, and I cut out a lot of details even to get get you this sort of semi-abridged version. But I'm so happy that we're here. And, you know, that day of the closing, I remember it so vividly. I, mean, I remember going to the lawyer's office, and sort of there was some smirking between us and the lawyers, and everybody was like, wow, this is kind of a crazy real estate transaction. And uh, I remember, you know, signing all the paperwork and afterwards, I remember coming back here to the farm, now sort of the owner of the farm. And I remember taking my rented SUV and driving it up onto the pasture. And as I was driving around and just envisioning what I was going to build here on the farm, I remember hearing this clunking, grinding noise. And it turned out there was like the remnants of an old greenhouse scattered in the middle of the pasture that I had just driven over. And a whole bunch of rebar had wrapped itself around the axle of the SUV. And so I had this adventure of trying to untangle myself from that. But after I finished untangling myself, I actually noticed that there was this huge patch of blackberries there in the pasture. And I, I kind of got out and I had been starving and just picked a whole bunch of them and filled you know, a whole bucket full of these blackberries. And I remember eating them and it was just this great memory. And, and yeah, that, that day was three years ago today.
You know, a funny postscript to this story. Um, about a month after the transaction and, and we bought this place, uh, I went to the local cafe that we have in the small little town that we live in. You know, again, it's a small town, about 700 people. Um, but we do have this tiny little cafe that's open for breakfast and lunch. And I, you know, because at the time we didn't really have any working facilities and the house was in starts of an overhaul, I went to the cafe to get breakfast. And I was talking to the folks at the counter and getting to know people. And as I was walking out of the cafe, I saw this, these two hipster folks. They were like, you know, a man and a woman. And they were sitting outside and they said, hey, excuse me, are, are you Morgan Gold? And I'm like, yes. And they had this kind of amused look on their face. And they said, hey, we're the, the last name of the people who had been the original buyers of the property, the ones who um, had sent us the letters saying, hey, we're going to sue you and all this good stuff. We're these people. <laughs> and, I, and I was like stunned. And, uh, and, 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 you know, it was weird and awkward. And, and we, but, but we sat down and we started talking and we all kind of figured out, wow, this whole situation was pretty gosh darn crazy. And, uh, you know, we, we, we found a lot of common ground and a lot of commonalities. And actually, to this day, uh, the husband, he and I are still good friends and, and we, you know, talk pretty regularly. And, and it's kind of cool just how, how that whole thing, which at one point was very adversarial, turned into, a, you know, very neutral, cool kind of thing. So, yeah, that is the story of how we acquired our farm. Um, you know, there's many other stories that I could be telling you about this. I could tell you the story of how we ended up living here full time. And that was a whole saga unto itself. But I'll save that for some other day. Or if you're curious, you can probably dig it up somewhere in, in one of our many YouTube videos where I talk about it. Um, Goldshaw Farm is the YouTube channel if you're looking for it. Um, but yeah, I, f I figured I take this anniversary day to, to share that story with you guys. Um, I know this podcast format has been a little bit different than our usual. Uh, I'd be curious to get your feedback. Um, feel free to shoot me a note, goldshawfarm at gmail.com, or you know you can message me or write in our, our Facebook group. It's the Goldshaw Farm Podcast Facebook group, Goldshaw Farm Podcast. Just search for it in Facebook and you'll find it. Lots of cool people. We're talking about all sorts of cool stuff there. And uh, yeah, that's it. I will be back very soon with another episode. And the next episode will absolutely be a conversation with somebody other than myself. It won't be me rambling on. But if you guys do like this format, let me know. I've got plenty of other stories to tell and uh, I'm happy to share them. And uh, with that, I will uh, let my good friend, Mr. Keith Pierce, play our theme song and wish you all a good day. Thanks. It's got a soul, this hero farm. Inside my arms, we work the fields under the stars. The love is here at Goldshaw Farms. A city life yet had its charms. But we would dream of the fields under the stars. I fall asleep inside its arms. The love is here at Goldshaw Farms. Love is here at Gold Shop Farm.